You're listening to the Bible teachings of Reality Church Stockton. For more info, please visit our website at realitystockton.com. If you're happy to be here, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Now let me say... Let me say up front, the church that I pastor, we make some noise, right? And so, and so once, and when we preach the word and, and you agree with it, somebody says amen. Now, the only thing I'm going to preach, only thing I need you to do, I need you to promise me that when I'm finished and I'm gone, don't tell the, any member of Progressive that I was able to do it in 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, to uh, my friend and, and brother, uh, Pastor Christian, uh, reality, you need to know you have a tremendous young pastor. I am, I am extremely fond of him. Uh, he has a, a great mind. He has a passion for God, and he loves you. Every time we get together, he's talking about you. And so I want you to give him a hand for the wonderful job that he's doing. Amen. Now, I am, I had planned on spending the day with you or some fellowship time. But what happened is that my, one of my pastors on staff that was scheduled to preach this morning came down with COVID. Not only did my executive pastor right now is on his way taking his daughter to Oregon for school. And then my pastor of evangelism and discipleship is recovering from um, a medical procedure. So needless to say, as soon as I'm finished, I gotta leave because our service starts at 10.30, amen. Now, let me say one more thing. I want to introduce my wife, Yvette. Uh, she is here. We have been married for 40 years. Amen. We've been married 40 years. I know I look 40, but trust me, I'm old. We've been married for 40 years. We have four children, biological children. We have uh, four biological grandchildren and another bonus. So we have eight grandchildren. Um, Christian reminds me I have adopted him like a son. Why? Because I have a son his age and two sons older than him and my daughter is only a year or two younger. Amen. So when I say young man, trust me he's a young man to me. Alright, now how many of you ready for the word? Turn with me to a very familiar passage of scripture in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to begin reading at verse 28. The Lord wants to speak to somebody because I could not settle on what I, what I really wanted to preach until 3 o'clock this morning. So you need to know God loves you so much he had me up. That I might, that you might hear from him. Matthew 11, 
beginning at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. From these passages of scripture this morning, I simply want to ask a question. Well, I simply want to make a statement. Rest for the stressed. Rest for the stressed. If you're stressed this morning, God wants to give you rest. The question, before I get into the text, are you tired yet? Are you tired of trying to control it all? Are you tired of trying to be perfect? Are you tired, are you tired of trying to have all the answers? Are you tired yet? This morning, I want to talk about rest for the stress. What would you say? If I told you, yes, give me like, yeah. What would you say if I told you that with Jesus Christ, you are enough? So many individuals are stressed out today because they don't believe that they are enough. Society would tell you and have you believe that you're not sufficient. That you're lacking in some way. But if you're a child of God, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, you need to hear me this morning. You are enough. Amen. That's a good point. Say amen. You are enough. We live in a competitive, results-oriented, fast-paced society. And as, a, and as a result, many people today feel overwhelmed, stressed out, confused, tired, burdened by this thing called life. Many people, including Christians, feel like they just barely hanging on. Try and experiment sometime. When you ask someone how they're really doing, listen to their response. You'll be surprised by how many answer that question by saying, truthfully, I'm tired, or I'm feeling overwhelmed, or I am exhausted. Most of us are so overcommitted and overscheduled that we have no space left for rest. My brothers and sisters, one thing I want to share with you is this. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to sleep. Rest. We live in a culture 
and a society that continues to promote and tries to convince us that more is better. And because of that, even though we have more than we ever had in most cases, we're still stressed out because we don't believe that we're enough. And because we don't believe we're enough, we continue to push and push and push and push to the point that we have lost ourselves. Jesus comes on the scene dealing with these weary Christians who are bogged down with legalism and rituals and all of the and performance. And he comes on the scene and he challenges, challenges them to take his yoke. Now let me say this. Our worries have a way of follow, following us into the sanctuary and sitting with us in the pew. Somebody say amen. Instead of the praise team, the worship team leading the songs, for many, worry is leading the song. Instead of hearing and receiving the message from the pastor, we're consumed with various problems, not realizing that if we learn how to lay our burdens down, and to seek him and to seek what said the Lord God's promises he promises peace now stay with me our children are stressed out kids are stressed out I'm talking about kids and kids are so stressed out because the parents stressed out so if you got stressed out parents, you're going to have stressed out kids. And you got stressed out parents because too many parents don't believe they're enough. Rest for the stress. As I pick up our text, Jesus says, come to me. I can help. Jesus invites all of us to come. Not just some of us, your social status, your race, your gender, your background, doesn't matter. Jesus says, come. He says, come to me. Not to church, but to me. Not to another program, but to me. Not to another degree, but to me. Not to another promotion, but to me. Not to another neighborhood, but to me. Not to another job, but to me. He says, come to me. And if you come to me, you'll find rest. You want to know why so many of us don't have rest? We're coming to church, but we're not coming to Jesus. We're coming to the building, but we're not coming to relationship. You can come to church and remain the same, but you can't come to Jesus and stay the same. Jesus says, come to me. In other words, he's freely offering rest and refreshment to everyone who is weary and burdened. You see, many of us think Jesus is telling us to do something. We think he wants us to work harder or to perform better and to keep a long list of rules and regulations. When we have this mindset, we will eventually become overwhelmed and exhausted. Jesus isn't asking us 
to do anything. He's asking us to come. Come to me. Listen, there's a big difference of going to dinner, amen, and being invited to dinner. Right? You remember the story of Mary and Martha? And Jesus was going, coming to their home, and Martha was all stressed out. I mean, Martha was in the kitchen slaving and working hard, and Mary was at the feet of Jesus chilling. And she was just sitting there suck, sucking up all that Jesus had, and Martha got upset. And Martha was like, listen, master, don't you care? You need to tell my sister Mary to get in this kitchen and help me. And Jesus looked at Martha and he says, Martha, Martha. Whenever Jesus says your name twice, you're in trouble. He says, Martha, Martha, you worried about a whole bunch of stuff, Martha. Martha, you're so stressed out, you can't even enjoy my presence. Martha, you're so stressed out, you don't even realize who's in your company. Martha, I didn't tell you to cook a five-course meal. You could have fixed me a sandwich, and that would have been enough. Martha, you are the one who still don't realize that I'm enough. You don't have to fake it to kick it with me. You don't have to pretend to kick it with me. You don't have to put on all of these different masks to kick it with me. Martha, Martha, your sister has chose the better thing. Martha, you're the one that needs counseling. Mary has this right. My brothers and sisters this morning, where are you? Are you resting in Jesus? Or does the world have you trying to keep up with what's going on in this society? I can't tell you the number of people. I pastor a congregation over 3,000 people. And because I pastor such a large congregation, I have some of everything in that congregation. And, number the, and one of the biggest issues that we deal with is people, even in the midst of their success, in the midst of all of their achievement and accomplishments and all of these other things, most folk are stressed out because they haven't learned how to rest in Jesus. They come to church, but they're not coming to Jesus. Mm. Secondly, he says, take. First he says, come, then he says, take. Jesus is teaching that after we come to him, we have to take something from him. Here's how he put it. Take my yoke upon you. There was, there was, they were used to performing, trying to keep up with all of the rules. Uh, these uh, requirements drove them to a point of weariness. Jesus changes the entire paradigm. Instead of having to perform, Jesus invites them and us to take his yoke upon us, a burden that is easy and light. How are you performing today? Are you performing? Or are you in a relationship? Are you performing? Or are you enjoying his presence? 
I didn't say your wife, I said you. I didn't say your husband, I said you. Where are you in light of performance? I'm going to give you a little, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's take a spiritual commercial. After school, did my undergrad, did my, my master's, and then I decided I needed to finish my doctorate degree. And so I do the doctorate. I mean, well, yeah, I'm in the program working on this doctorate. All of a sudden, I'm stressed out. We're in the midst of building a, a, a new church, a, a facility, and I'm stressed out. I can't sleep. Uh, I, I can't, matter of fact, it got so bad I couldn't uh, distinguish between when I was asleep and when I was awake. So I finally go to the doctor. And my, my doctor looks at me and she says, you stressed out. I said, wait a minute, hold it, doc. I don't do stress. I'm not stressed out. This is what I do. She comes around the corner, around the table. She puts her hand on my hand and she says, Pastor Shields, why do you have such a hard time admitting that you stress? And I looked up at her and said, oh, no, no. <laughs> I was stressed out of my mind. I told myself to do a doctorate because more is better. Got to get the doctorate. That way I prove I'm enough. God said, I didn't tell you to do that. You told yourself to do that. Came home, told my wife, I'm dropping out the program. The professors and everybody said, oh, no, no, you, you can't. I said, oh, no. God never told me to do it. It's something I told myself to do. That was 13 years ago, and I ain't thought about it since. since. <laughs> You're enough. But the only way you'll know you're enough is you got to come to Jesus. Now, that word in the Greek, he literally says, come here. He says, come to me. You come to me, you're going to find rest. How do we do it? By trading in our old yoke for the one Jesus has for us instead of trying to live up to the world's expectations and standards. His requirement involves simple trust and obedience to his commands. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You guys have been in Proverbs all month. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will, or he shall, direct your path. To take his yoke simply means to love God with everything you got and to love others as you love yourself. The bottom line is this. You can't save yourself by trying to live up to all of the standards. And you're not going to uh, create a better life by trying to be all things to everybody. You have to be okay with you. And Jesus Christ came, hung, bled, and died for you to be okay with you. So here's a question. Get real. Are you okay with you? If you're not, 
Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. And I'll help you become okay with yourself. Amen? Listen. Many people persist in trying to do more in an effort to make themselves feel more worthy of God's love. Let me say this to you. What would you say if I told you that you can't do anything more to make God love you any more than he already does? What would you say if I told you that? There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more than he already does. God's already proven his love. Our job is to respond to his love. We simply respond to the love that he's given us. But we shouldn't be working trying to make him love us more. Because his love for you and I is complete and is perfect. Third, he says, learn. After coming to him, then taking his perfect fitted directives, Jesus urges us to slow down and learn from him. How many of you realize it's difficult to learn in a hurry? And so many of us are in a hurry. We're in a hurry. Jesus says, slow down. Now I have to confess, I am a, a recovering workaholic. I thank God for my wife, who's always been chill. And so I really had to deal with this because I was one of those, especially, you know, I'm 61 years old, so I came up in a generation where the harder you work, the more reward you have, and this is what it looks like. As a matter of fact, some of us are happy being busy because the more busy we are, the more important we feel. You don't have to, amen, lights. Amen, fans. Well, y'all quiet, so it must be talking to you. Listen. You're not more important. You're just stressed out. What has stress done for you lately? How has it benefited you lately? Mm, he says, I want you to learn, but you can't learn from me if you're running 24 hours a day. Your whole, every, you, you, there's no margin. You just maxed out. Everywhere you turn, there's responsibility, there's something to do. <laughs> if you can't say amen, say ouch, ouch. <laughs> if you're serious about coming to Christ and taking what he wants to give you, then you must be willing to learn about him. Amen. I find it interesting how Jesus refers to himself in this passage. He is gentle and humble in heart. I find great comfort in this, even though I've done some things in the past that I'm not proud of, just like you. This picture of Jesus is very appealing to me. Instead of treating us harshly, he treats us with gentleness. He says, come on over here. I was there when you were doing it, and I still love you. Come. 
You don't have to worry about trying to impress me. I know all about you. Come. I'm the only somebody who knows everything about you, and I know everything. I know the secrets of your mind. I know it all. And I still say, come. Come to me. Let, let me love you. Let me care for you. Come. Stop hiding. Come. That you can find rest. That you can find peace. We get so uptight about the kind of people that we are. We know we fall short. We know we mess up. To make matters worse, when we view Jesus as harsh and demanding, we don't want to come to him. We don't want to take from him or learn about him. We already feel bad enough. We certainly don't need to feel beat up even more. I had a member came to me one day just years ago, and she came to my office, and she was downcast, and I'm looking and said, what's wrong? She said, Pastor, I'm not saved. I said, what do you mean you're not saved? She said, I can't be saved. I said, why? She goes in a purse and she gives me a list and she says, these are the 25 sins that I know I'm doing. She had them written out. She said, anybody that's doing these things can't be saved. I looked at the list. I said, well, I'm not saved either because I got about 12 of them myself. Stop trying to be perfect and come. Jesus didn't die for perfect people. He died for hurting people. He died for people that's struggling. He says, come. Are you hiding? He says, come. The fourth key word is fine. Jesus promises that you will find what you're looking for as you come, take, and learn. You will find rest and refreshment that only he can provide. That doesn't mean that you will never get tired again. What it does mean is that you no longer have to live with the burden of impossible spiritual expectations and weighty demands. As someone has said, our hearts are restless until they find rest in him. Jesus is seeking a relationship with you because he wants to give you rest. He wants to lift your burden. He wants to replace your weariness with a deep and a lasting joy. He wants to give you what you've been yearning for your entire life, although you don't realize that's what you've been yearning for. It's not that you need more stuff, you need more of him. See, what you don't realize, that hole that's in your chest, that emptiness, even after the degrees, even after the job, even after all of the things that you've always wanted, even though now you have them and yet you're still empty, you think it's something else, but it's him. Jesus has reserved a place in you that only he can fill. And Jesus says, I want you to come to me that you can find yourself. I want you to come to me that you can begin to rest. Some of you are working so hard and you're trying so hard and yet behind closed doors the insecurity the loneliness 
frustration is killing you. And Jesus says, come on. Come on. Come to me. And you're going to find everything you've been looking for. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says this. This is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who has not the son has not life. Now notice what it says. It doesn't say he who has a Mercedes has life. He who has houses and land has life. He who has a PhD, even though I love education. My wife is a retired principal. All of my kids are college educated. I love education. But education doesn't give you life. Who has money has life. No, 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 no. It says he who has the son has life. Raise your hand if you have Jesus and you have life. Give him a hand of praise. Amen. As I close, I want to show you how the seeking heart of Jesus reaches out to believers and non-believers. I want to briefly address those of you who have already put your faith and trust in Jesus. Most of you in this church this morning are probably doing okay spiritually. And if you are, keep it up. It's worth it. But I suspect that some of you got off, got off track. You cooled down a little bit, especially since the pandemic. You come to him, but perhaps you haven't taken anything from him in a while. Maybe it's been some time since you've done any serious praying, serious learning, serious devotion, serious reading. And as a result, though you consider yourself to be a Christian, you're not experiencing the rest and the peace and the joy that Jesus talks about in the text. What was once a vibrant relationship with Christ has grown cold. Matter of fact, Galatians said it this way, Galatians 5, 7, and 9 says, you were running well, but who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. You've been busy doing your own thing and you feel overwhelmed and burdened. You may even wonder if God will take you back. Jesus is telling you this morning, come here. Come to me. Come to me. I have more grace than you have sin. Come to me. Come to me and you'll find mercy. The scandal of grace. Grace is scandalous. Because grace does for the receiver what we would never do for another individual. So God says, come. Are you weary? Are you exhausted? Are you tired of trying to keep up? Coming in here today is refreshing. See people in short pants on Sunday? You should have told me I would have wore some shorts. 
come to me. You don't have to get anything straight. Come. Just as you are. For God so loved the world. How, how much is so? Can you measure so? How high is so? How deep is so? How wide is so? The Bible says he so loved you that he sent his only son to die. That you might have life, that you might have life and even on this side of heaven that you might find rest and peace for your weary souls. Father, I did what you told me to do and